0: Hello fellow
1: nerds and nerdwells, it's AJ here, and welcome back to another episode of the Adventurers Anonymous podcast. The home of improvised fantasy, fuck nuggetry. Join us week by week as a rotating cast of geeks sip cocktails, play Dungeons and Dragons, and seek a glorious death. And what a week to join us on! The adventuring party find themselves well and truly banged up in nutbush penitentiary, and start to really settle into life behind bars. Stay with us, as Belsiar gets fisted by the long arm of the law, Hanash takes a trip to the Medica, and Tati does his utmost best to get us sued for copyright infringement. All that, and we take a seriously intimate deep dive into the nocturnal habits with the Finnish nation. Thanks to Matt. As ever, it's worth noting that everyone involved in the production of this podcast is a professionally trained taint tickler, And as such, most of the content from here on in is not suitable for little ears. So be warned, this podcast is filthier than a coal miner's colostomy bag. Listener discretion is advised. But hell, you didn't come here to listen to me tattle on, did you? So, without further ado, go grab yourself a drink, pull your chair closer to the fire, and come join us for this week's episode of... The Adventurer's Anonymous Podcast. Please enjoy. (music) We are live, which is apparently my tagline. I've discovered that's how I start all recordings. So there you go. Matt, who are we sponsored by this week? Uh, we're sponsored by Lidl's
2: Galahad Lager. Oh. Which, although it looks like a. a it's really. It, I'm, oh, they're, they're doing Fosters, aren't they? It's like a Fosters.
1: Ah, is it a Fosters rip I,
2: I was trying to work out. I was like, well, it's not Carlsberg, but it looks so familiar, but I can't quite place it. But it's actually... It has no right to be as nice as it is.
1: And let the viewers know, is Galahad Galabad? Or...
2: No, it's Galah... I'm Galamad for Galahad.
0: For Galahad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure all of our viewers are not going to be able to buy your budget lager, as little probably hasn't made it across the Atlantic. But... I oh, know, they have a
2: little in America. Have a little in America. It's a it's a thing now, isn't it? They have it on the other side
3: of the North Sea. I'm wow. sure we have lots of German. We we do have a, a a German following. Shout out to shout out to our German listeners.
1: Absolutely massive. Hello, Hello.
3: Danke, Danke für
1: Gehört. Ge- That's it, listeners. Drop whatever the fuck you're doing. Walk out of your workplace and go and buy yourself a refreshing pint glass of Galahad Lager. What are you drinking, Chris? Uh, Gin and Tide. G and T. I was hoping it was just going to be straight up vodka. No, I've not got there yet. Jesus. Give it a few rolls. You'll get it there. (laughs) And Chris, what are you drinking this week? Sweet, sweet water. What? What's wrong with you? This boy is on a do it. do Would you say that the majority of the calories you consume are alcoholic?
2: Uh No, so the majority of the calories I consume are alcohol and a lot of fat and a lot of cheese, which has fat, <laughs> sugars. Love that sugar, cake. Uh, oh man, it's everything. Oh, beef lard. Yeah, you know, beef fat. lard. Uh, I don't know if that's the best kind of fat. Yeah, sure, the say. three main food groups: alcohol, <laughs> <groups laughs> <as opposed laughs> <to>
1: fat. <laughs> so your diet mostly contains fermented beef dripping. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know my kimchi. <laughs> <laughs> if any certified doctors want to uh, contact us and uh, give Chris a medical checkup, we would be more than willing. If it's not fermented, I ain't eating it. <laughs> and with the episode, if it ain't fermented, I'm not eating it. Right. Enough of the shenanigans. Let's kick things off with a recap because we had a slightly shorter episode last week because the fucking internet hates me. So. Here we go. With no more adoos, here is a recap. Last week we left off with our intrepid adventurers. They were doing their best to settle in at North Bush Penitentiary. Having survived their first night's sleep without any major hang-ups, our penal party were ushered to the canteen to be served up the most important meal of the day, a hearty breakfast. Before you could say, pass me the granola... Belsior had decided to make waves in the local community by inquiring if anyone could find him some seed. It's hard to gauge whether the residents of the penitentiary thought that this was a euphemism for hard drugs, or whether they took the dragonborn for an erstwhile ornithologist. Either way, he found a friend in the tabaxi canteen lady. Tatty, on the other hand, was less successful at blending in, opting to try and sit with a group of tattooed gnomes at a table at the canteen. Instantly ostracised by them, he found his metal being tested as one of them licked the rim of his porridge bowl. And for the love of God, listeners, please don't make the mistake I did and type that into Urban Dictionary. <laughs> a scuffle ensued, and Tati was introduced to the mighty gnome gang known as the Damali Dingdongs. Beaten and bloody, but left with only a warning... Tati came back to the table his companions had chosen to sit at, where a mysterious porcelain-masked figure slowly ate his breakfast. Belsiar tried his utmost best to intimidate this terrifying visage of a masked man to little avail, culminating in the kitchen warden, Dick Kippers, coming over to assess the situation. It was soon established that opportunities were available for inmates to work in the canteen and the commissary, Once they had settled in and proved themselves to be suitable. With breakfast squared away, the adventuring party made their way out onto the exercise ground with the other inmates to stretch their legs, seeing all the usual suspects out there too. Hanash deciding that this was time to shine and gave his new penal pals an eye-watering display of gymnastics. Quite frankly, nobody has seen green pumped quite like that, since the Hulk mistook the mayo for lube. And just because there is nothing quite like a lover spurned, Hanash's one-time penal paramour, the dwarf Ugrami, took umbrage with the swole half-orc, spending so much time with Belsia, and he picked up a rock, hurling it at the dragonborn's head. Belsiar decided to take this one on the chin, quite literally, and ignore the dwarf's misplaced anger, and instead saw this as a prime opportunity to magically turn the rock into a bird, and set it free into the sky above the penitentiary. Well, that move sets off all sorts of fresh hell, with guards raining down on him like a seagull with dysentery. That is where we will pick up this week's episode. There you go. We find you on the exercise yard in varying states. Hanash, probably with a fine layer of sweat on him, having just done a perfect three-point landing after some Gymnastics and the guards raining down on Belcia. Is he what? Are they attacking me or the or the bird? Uh, they took the bird out of the sky with a few definitely placed. Slow down, my bird. As yeah. as
2: as a D&D player character familiar deserves a round of combat. <laughs> it has HP. It has AC. If you want to kill it, you have to do it fair and square.
1: <laughs> Jesus Christ listeners, I do not know why I tolerate this shit right, go on then how many health points does the average uh, animated bird have? Uh, whatever a, a bird so,
2: so I'm practically googling birds tiny. a
1: handful <laughs> keystrokes
2: um,
1: one one <laughs> okay, I'll tell you what I will. Do you have stats for your bird? <laughs> um, shall
2: I use. Oh,
1: I can use bird, comma tiny. Yep. You it can has... use bird, comma, tiny. That works for me.
2: It has an, an AC of 8 plus 11 plus my spell casting modifier 2. So 13. It's pretty good for a bird.
0: Right.
1: I will give you three rounds to try and survive. 'Cause I am nothing if not a benevolent dictator. Uh, right, go on then. First round. Arrow from a guard. The guard knocks a arrow onto his bow, looks up in disarray at the bird that he's watched flutter out of the Dragonborn's hand, pulls back the string to his nose and lets it go with a thwang. Gets a sixteen to hit. That hits. Instantly, on hitting the stone bird, the arrow hits it and it shatters into a thousand pieces, taking four points of damage. The bird is more than four times destroyed. As Belsia, you look up as a fine, a fine rain of shingle from the bird rains down and back onto you. You can feel the coarseness and grittiness of it getting into your eyes. As you look down to see the four guards bearing down on you at great speed.
2: Okay, that that was worth a try. Um <laughs> Shit,
3: I don't know what to um Are they um are they running towards Belsiar or are they um, are they just like pointing their weapons at him?
1: Oh no, they're running towards him, Truncheon's drawn. Okay. Um You have approximately five or six seconds before they're upon him.
3: Uh I'm gonna Shit. You're gonna shit. I'm not Hanash. I don't use shitting as a as a as a combat move. I'll join him.
0: <laughs> that reminds me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: can I look for the, the, the biggest, meanest, dumbest looking guy in the yard that isn't Hanash?
1: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> absolutely, absolutely you can, yep.
2: Yeah? I wanna cast Crown of Madness on on him and assuming that succeeds, get him to throw a punch at the second biggest meanest inmate
1: absolutely you can as you look over you see the rock troll as described last week there is indeed a rock troll currently serving time in this penitentiary for who knows what you can only guess as you look over at the rock troll you uh, attempt to cast crown of madness on him i'm just pulling the stats up for now Apologies, listeners, I don't use Crown of Madness very often. Let's call that up. So one humanoid of your choice that you can see with range must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or become charmed by you. So he must pass a wisdom saving throw, which for a rock troll we are looking at... Oh, okay, yep. Okay, so the rock troll attempts to make a wisdom saving throw and gets a 17. Oh, (laughs) what? What was the... um, What was the... Uh, 13. 13. As you look over at the rock troll, you see a puzzled look move across his usually angry face as a, a weird betwixt grin cracks across the face of the rock troll as he looks at you with a lopsided grin on his face but it soon wears off as you cannot penetrate the thick skull that he possesses mostly because it's made out of flint. Just in time as you start feeling the blows rain down on you from the batons of the prison guards as four guards go to town on you feeling a blow to your diaphragm you feel the wind rush out of you as you're down on your knees another cosh to the back of your head as the lights go out Tati and Hanash, you look on as your friend is slowly getting batoned into the ground as the guard standing over him announces that any attempt to communicate with the outside world will be met with severe prejudice
2: (laughs) With, with my last, my last breath, I say, "But you never told us that." <laughs> I asked specifically if there was any rules stopping me from just walking out, and then I collapse into unconsciousness.
1: As you utter this, he looks down and says, well, "That's covered in basic orientation. You have passed basic orientation, haven't you?"
2: It's my first day.
1: Oh, I do apologize. As he coshes you heavily round the back of the head, your lights (coughs) go out. As the rest of you see Belsiar dragged off by his ankles back through the canteen. Mm. Uh, What are you doing, Tati and Hanash? As Aristobulus comes running over to you, breathless. You're not entirely sure what he's been up to, but it probably isn't good as he points over to the back of the dragonborn's head as he vanishes through a set of double doors, as he's like, I don't want to make a big thing out of this, but I'm not 100% sure that's a good thing. Thanks, thanks, Aristobulus. We'll, uh, we'll,
3: we'll get right on that. Um, can I do a check round the um, the other prisoners in the yard to see just, like, a general idea of what they're making of of what's just happened? Like, are they weirded out that someone was casting a spell? Are they impressed that a seed guy on his first day has, has gone from seed guy to basically... To tiny bird guy. <laughs> tiny, <laughs> seed guy. Tiny bird guy. To, to unconscious guy.
1: Yeah. What, what happened there is what happens in every single school canteen when someone drops a plate. There's an initial silence as the porcelain smashes, and then there's a... <laughs> early afterwards, as there's a chorus of excitable inmates. I mean, this is entertainment as far as they're concerned, and they didn't have to get in any trouble to witness it. The uh, lunatic Seedman did it all himself. Mm. Now, there wasn't really anyone particularly showing any kind of worry for Bell CR, Mostly just entertainment as everyone looks on. As you look over and you see. The group of tattooed gnomes who are at the weights bench, as the elderly gnome gives you a knowing nod.
3: I just like raise my eyebrows at him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hanash, what are you doing in all of this?
3: Um, can I get
2: like a scope of like how many like guards there are, like how many like watchtowers, like. Can I see, like, over the fence? Like, is it, like, a short fence?
1: (laughs) You're not in a dwarf prison anymore. Um, (laughs) Step over the wall. (laughs) Two main watchtowers in the far left and far right corners. In each tower, you see all the accoutrements of a watchtower, such as... flash the big lights which aren't on because it's daytime currently it's about 10 o'clock in the morning at the moment so uh, light is fine uh, you see a guard in each armed with a bow and looking around the parade ground you see a couple of guards who've left over not all the guards two of the guards drank belsiara off two of the guards stayed and then you see the occasional what you can only imagine is like a welfare officer who's just wandering around trying to hand out pamphlets about why people should quit smoking and things like that.
2: Like how many prisons, roughly, are we talking about in this, like, 200? So?
1: Uh, you're out there with your wing at the moment, so there's probably about 40, 40 inmates or something like
2: that. I want to try and best scale, like, use my perception, to see a man who, like, knows them. We want to find Morgan Freeman. I want to find Morgan Freeman in this universe.
1: Okay. So sure, 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 sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's perception as much as investigation, because you're actively looking for something that hasn't necessarily happened. <laughs> you're you're looking. To...
3: I'd probably rather investigation. Can I um? Can I help him do that and give him advantage?
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely.
3: Roll with advantage. Oh.
2: Fourteen. Oh,
1: 14. <laughs> Fourteen! Yep. As you stop and pause, Tati coming over to the side of you, both of you taking a moment to reflect on the dragonborn who's just been dragged off. The pair of you scan the yard, once again seeing the different factions, the gangs and the cliques at the various points. You notice now a man sitting just on the edge of the shade of the wall on a bench who's looking around whilst noting things down in a book. He's got a pencil and he's scribbling away furiously in a notebook. Human, middle-aged, rather sensible-looking, pair of spectacles on his nose, watching and observing and noting.
2: I like to go over, but, like, super chill, like, real casual-like, uh, like so, like, I don't want to think like I'm going to intimidate or I Like, <laughs> a, like I'll, i like, kind of like look at other people and walk around. You know, like so it's not obvious that I'm like going straight for him. So I'll try and you know, mirror meander a bit.
3: You know. No somersaults this time, just two feet.
1: It's like you're five trained.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. first, thing, first thing they train you on surveillance. No somersaults. No, no shitting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Try not to turn up with a spike sticking out of your head. <laughs> um. Okay, yep. So if you wish to do that, can you make me a stealth check?
3: Well, I mean, you don't have your armor anymore, so I don't think you roll at disadvantage anymore. I don't uh, know. Oh, really?
1: doesn't yeah. <sighs> no matter if got a 20.
3: Yeah, so I'll, I'll take my armor off then. Yeah, because I had to do that when I, when I got here. Took all my armor and weapons off.
0: <laughs> Except my
3: secret dagger. Sorry, <laughs> listeners. Papa's got to click things. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to D&D Beyond for making it as easy as clicking things.
1: Papa's got to click things. (laughs) Papa's got to click things.
2: (laughs) Right, you are. Yeah, I got a 20.
1: 20. Right. So, looking around, you spot the... You spot the... Little guy. He's not little, he's a human being, he's middle-aged, he's bespectacled. He's sitting in the corner, trying not to get noticed as he furiously scribbles things down in a notebook. You make your way over to him, moving from group of people to group of people, never quite engaging with any group, but trying to use them as a human shield. Making your way through the equipment in the workout section. You look over at him. At one point, you think he's looking at you out of the corner of your eye, and you attempt to blend in to a group of tabaxis who are currently doing slam poetry as you try and bust out a couple of words looking over he's no longer paying any attention to you as you spit a few rhymes with the tabaxi slowly back out of that group make your way along the wall and just slowly edge along the wall very subtly bit at a time pretending to take on the whole parade, uh, the exercise yard, as you finally plop yourself down on the bench next to him. I mean, it wasn't subtle, but it wasn't threatening. It was a performance. You sit down next to him, blocking the sun out, you're so large, in comparison to his rather frail form, as he side-eyes you a couple of times and opts to ignore you as he carries on scribbling into his little book.
2: Uh, so I'm not going to talk to him right away. I think I'll, like, first, like, bust out some flam poetry. You know, just, like, he's can going to think, like, pretend like he's writing a novel and I'm going to do some creative. So, like, we're both kind of <laughs> creative types. I know he's probably not writing a novel, but I'm going to assume up for now. I'm, not, I'm also not going to hit any. This is my character doing slam. I'm not, unfortunately, going to do any poetry right now. Sorry. Do man.
1: it. Do it. Do, <laughs> it. do
2: it.
1: Pre-style a haiku.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Quick think think about curses. <laughs> I'm on the brink, stuck in the clink. <laughs> There's two lines for you, that's all I'm giving you. can someone get me a drink? Boom.
1: One in the stink, one in the pink.
3: <laughs> God damn it. Either that or just get me some prison ink. <laughs> <laughs> Is this slam poetry?
2: I I think it's (laughs) just white, a bad white man rap. Yeah, we're
3: just being extremely white right now.
1: The Adventurers Anonymous (laughs) slam poetry book will be available this
0: Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be
3: available once we figure out if what we're doing right now is slam poetry. I'm not sure that it will
2: translate to written, I think it has to be spoken poetry. Yeah. Uh, Yeah.
1: Nothing says I love you like the gift of uh, immature fantasy slam poetry. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: So, if you would like to help us, there'll be a Kickstarter up soon for the Adventurous Anonymous slam poetry.
3: Enough enough money to get us all classically trained in,
1: in, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. in slam
3: poetry.
2: And then there'll be patron levels, I guess. Yeah. Right, yeah. Stretch goals.
1: It, it, this is... Uh, <laughs> this is... <laughs> this is the future for this podcast right okay so as you sit down next to him you look over and you see he is furiously scribbling he bum shuffles a little bit to try and get a little bit of space roughly you're he's much smaller than you and he's in your shadow as he bum shuffles a bit to, to get back into the sunlight which you're currently blocking out and he carries on scribbling
2: I'd like to stand up and sit on the other side and say, Oh sorry, I didn't realise I was getting in your in your sunlight. I wanna like keep the same distance that he kinda of moved away if there's room on the other side. Try and like seem polite
1: He looks over at you momentarily, he's a little bit scared, you see him go stiff as he says It's just okay. Yeah. No worries. And he carries on like scribbling in his notebook, pretending you're not there.
2: Uh, I, I asked, like, ah, wait, wait,
1: what are you working on there?
2: Little, little, little screenplay. I am. Um, what,
1: what's a screen? I like to <laughs> take notes. Notes make me calm. I, I take notes on everybody. I note down everything I see.
2: How many stars did you get? My uh, my somersault.
1: It was good. I've, I've seen a bit of gymnastics here. I've 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 seen a little bit of action in my time. But yeah, no one's ever stuck a landing like you have. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Cheers, buddy. I appreciate that.
1: Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. Little hand, little sweaty hand comes out as as he's like, Caleb, Caleb Stuckley, nice to meet you.
2: I, uh, I, I grimace a little bit and then I go to shake his sweaty, sweaty hands, uh, I put I give like a medium strength handshake because I know he's frail, I don't wanna like give like the full Hanash experience. Full Hunash uh,
0: experience. <laughs> I
2: also don't wanna don't want to show weakness. So like like a, just a little a little grip, like proportion to it. like <laughs> <laughs> I
3: also have to say the only person that's ever had the full Hanash experience <laughs> is Ugrami. I was gonna say they of the characters, but <laughs>
1: As you embrace his his tiny pale, sweaty hand inside your green paw, you squeeze gently and you hear a snapping noise as he lets <laughs> out a little
0: ah. <laughs> as
1: you release his hand, you realise he still had the pencil in his hand, as you see the lead has snapped where you've crushed it in his hand. He looks down he's like worry, It's okay. So he gets a little pencil sharpener out, and you just hear him go.
0: <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: and he carries on noting. He's like, "I note down everything. Yeah, I find it calming." Anyway, what are, what are, you, what are you in here for, big man?
2: Um, well, I mean, it's quite a long list, but we, we, we try to be the good guys, and uh, like, uh, we may have like run down some bad guys. Um, but yeah got us in prison yeah, like we were a bit of vigilantes um, so yeah we're, we're in for that really
1: bit of a justice warrior then
2: yes I love justice oh good apart from when it puts you in prison <laughs> then I, then I hate it
1: he points over at one of the tattooed gnomes which Tati had got him so he recognised that group of people he, he points to a particular one and he goes see him over there His name is Roscoe Godsong. He's a cannibal. (laughs) Yeah, gnome cannibal.
2: Ah, does he he eat other gnomes, or does he he eat? Well,
1: that's a weird thing. He eats normal-sized people. (laughs) I mean, he ain't going in for, like, an amuse-bouche. That little guy, he must have hollow legs. He (laughs) just... The amount of inmates he's attempting to take a little nibble out of... Fucking mental... I can tell you anything about people around here, and you see he starts coming out of his shell. Where at first he was a little bit scared, and he starts he's like, "Take notes, I do look." And he shows you his book, and he's got like notes about all the different people around. He's like, "Can tell you anything about people here, really good." I mean, I don't know so much about that gnome over there, but if you could tell me, uh, and he points at Tatty.
2: I I say, uh, I mean, he's got the fingertips, pretty weird. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, Tatty stands on the
1: other side of the yard near the international. Yeah. I'm
3: um as uh I guess maybe as he starts getting a little bit louder as well and maybe a little bit more active in his conversation I'm just kind of like I want to see like what the other prisoners kind of make of him if anyone's kind of like reacting to to this Caleb guy at all or if he's just like so much part of the furniture and like people are so used to him just like sat there taking notes that it's
1: yeah, I think, I think it's, it's a bit of one and a bit of the other. He's quite an unassuming character. He's obviously known, but not for his great actions. He's known just for being the grey man who hovers around the back of the, the exercise yard. But it's hard not to draw attention to yourself when you're a near seven-foot green moth with a metal spike sticking out the side of your head who's just done a three-point landing after some gymnastics. Uh, it there are people watching him, yeah. Certainly, there's some interest as we pan back to Hanash. He looks over at you, he's like, I am, um, yeah, 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 I see, I see your, 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 your known friend over there, um, foul, foul of uh, the, 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 the ding dongs, yeah, yeah. Well, I think he
2: just wanted to like, you know, show his metal. Uh, what can you, what can you tell me about them? Like, I know they're like the mean group but is there any like ways in like or is there any like they're, they're the mean girls, <laughs> <They're> mean girls. <laughs> but you know like it's way. like uh, i
1: don't know if we could work together you know he's like i i, I keep myself to myself I, I wouldn't want to get involved besides i'm too tall anyway and, and if i'm too tall you're far too tall they uh he's like you do, 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 do you see the papa gnome
0: <laughs> yeah, the one with
1: the hat, yeah. yeah that's it. <laughs> <laughs> the blue one, yeah. <laughs> He's like, that's, that's racist. But, uh, he looks over it, and you see him point towards the, the chief of the Ding Dong Damales who you've already hallmarked for his uh, being older in years than the rest of them and slightly more scarred. As Caleb is like... He's the leader of them over there. His name is... Tito Minute. <laughs> he is, uh... <laughs> he's not a man to be fucked with. Don't... <laughs> he... <laughs> One time, an inmate accidentally knocked into him, knocked his bowl of porridge on the floor, he fucking blinded him. Gouged out his eye with a spoon. You don't want to fuck with it you, you don't want to fuck with the ding-dongs. Look, their name sounds funny, but... They... There's some cruel motherfuckers. Notice. Anyway, look, if it's of any interest to you, I'm in here for tax evasion. So if you've got any sort of, like, financial needs or interests, you you know, you need some sort of um, numbers crunching, I'm, I'm your guy. All right, but... Um, Speaking of numbers,
2: do you know how many people have broken out of this place?
1: He looks over for a bit, looks up at the watchtower, looks around, looks over at the group and he's like, I, 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 I don't think that's the thing we want to be talking about out here. Maybe, maybe we could have another conversation, but yeah, might know a few people.
2: Cool, man. Well, yeah, it's been very nice talking to you and um, yeah, I'd like, I'd like to be a friend um, if anyone like calls you a hassle, you come to me um, Yeah, we we'll, we'll sort
1: them out. My friend, can we just clarify? Um, I'm perfectly happy as I am. I don't, Need to be sodomised, or anything like that. I've got extra blankets. I don't need warmth. I'm just, you know, just saying. Don't come and knock in at night, all right? happen to be friends.
2: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean friends without the benefits, buddy. Don't, don't worry about that. You know, just, just two, two guys, you no, know, chatting the shit. Yeah, that's, that's it.
1: I only ask because I see that dwarf guy over there, at Grammy. He seems yeah. to dribble every time he looks at you.
2: Yeah, we, we, we've got a past. Do you know anything about him? <laughs> do you know anything about, about him? Like, I could really do like, kind of trying to get him to get over me. But <laughs> it <like, He> doesn't <laughs> seem to be happening at the moment. <laughs>
3: I don't really know him that well. We uh, we were like, him. this is like the weirdest perspective on a romantic comedy that anyone. <laughs> like, yeah, I just really need this person to get past me.
2: <laughs> he's just not that into you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, he looks over. He's like, yeah, look, I know. I know a little bit about him. Apparently, um, he was in a in prison. He shivved a man to death multiple times on playground again look lots of people in here for weird shit like there's a man over there who used to fuck wildlife in the zoo there (laughs) is absolutely all sorts of people here all right and i just put a few numbers in the wrong column sometimes i look the other way when a plus should have been a minus but yeah look I, i i'd like to be your friend and that's where i draw the line I don't know you very well, but I'd like to get to know you given the opportunity. Not like a Grammy. I don't want to get to know you that way if it's quite all right. um, Very frail. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'm very
1: frail and you're very big.
3: <laughs> I'll,
1: I'll,
2: I'll, I'll say we'll leave it at that. I would to shake your hand, but I don't want to break your pencil again. So it has been nice. Oh, thank you very
1: much. Look, listen, I re- re- really appreciate that. And, and look, if it's all the same to you... Um, I'll send you a message, all right? I'll get you a message, and maybe we can talk about some of the things.
2: Yeah, I look forward to it. I'll fix that out, All right. That yeah. guy like was definitely playing yeah. hard to get. <laughs> <I know. laughs> yeah, that message is going to be like a, a, like a room
3: key. <laughs> yeah, just a room, just a room key that says XOXO. <laughs> yeah.
1: Right, we're going to pan away from that action. As Belcia, you are groggy and all kinds of disorientated as you feel the warmth of the darkness surrounding you, having been clubbed around the back of the skull a few times. You're pretty woozy. As you look up every so often, you see the lights... Above you, traveling as you feel yourself being dragged. You can, they're being dragged by your ankles, and you can feel your head bumping on every flagstone as you're dragged down corridors. As you hear the scraping of doors opening and closing and the laughs of guards, as you come to a halt, as somebody opens a trap door next to your head, and you feel a cold draft come out of an opening. As you slowly look up into the eyes of the guard who's dragged you, he lifts up your ankles and throws you end over end. As you slide down a chute, suddenly the ground from underneath you falling away. You feel yourself falling in midair as you land hard on stone, the wind knocked out of you. As you look up at the small opening in a trapdoor above you, you find yourself, as your eyes are accustomed, in some kind of oubliette. You appear to be in a small, single, dark, dank chamber as the trapdoor shuts above you and you're plunged into near-darkness. All you can hear around you is the drip, drip, drip of moisture slowly coming down off the ceiling. I shout out, I'm sorry... As it echoes in the cavernous, I say cavernous, as you look around, the room's about 20 foot by 20 foot, but it's no lighting, no bench, no nothing. It appears to have been cut out of the ground with one way in and one way out. Uh, You just hear the, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, (laughs) echoing around the inside of it. You feel the throbbing in the back of your head and the suddenly now acutely aware of the bruises that are probably going to be visible on your body in the morning.
2: I didn't expect... I I thought I'd just wake up in the infirmary with a a paracetamol and a a slap on the wrist. Um, can I, like, feel around for anything of use?
1: Yeah, make me a perception check. Uh, 16. 16! At first it's quite hard to see what's going on, because it is dark, dank, and your head is a throbbing. And as... You slowly try and bring yourself to your feet, slightly unsteady at first. You sway, holding on to the wall. Every wall appears to be wet to the touch. Uh, A lot of the moisture seeping in from the coast outside. You feel a dirt and a grime and a patina on the walls. Uh, The walls are thick-cut stone. As you look around, the floor is covered in detritus. This is not the kind of place that gets cleaned out every so often. You find bits of fabric, the occasional bone, and you can hear skittering and chirruping coming from somewhere around you.
2: Uh, I, t- I tuck my my pantaloons into my socks so that no rats can run up my legs. Um, <laughs> raw one <wall> of hells.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> um... Um, I I shout out again like is anyone there? Hello?
1: You hear a cough coming from the other side (laughs) You (laughs) there! (laughs) Cother! The sense of tension is palpable
2: (laughs) Uh, Someone's put me in this this hole. I'd like to come out now.
1: You hear a voice from the shaft above you. When I say shaft, listeners, I don't mean a giant penis (laughs) I mean, the entrance and exit to the Oubliette. (laughs) Looking directly above you, a beam of light coming through the bars of the trap door that's been shut, you hear a voice say,
0: Shut up down there!
1: No! It's cold! You feel some kind of warm fluid raining down (laughs) from the bars above as it bespeckles you, as you now hear a laugh coming from the Oubliette near you in one of the shadows. I, I cry softly.
2: Um, but th- so there's there's no one else in this.
1: Yeah, you can hear somebody on the other side of you, Bliette, in one of the shadows.
2: Oh, okay. I thought they were behind a wall or something. Okay, I I, I, I can I seek out this this um, mysterious coffin.
1: Yeah, as you make your way on your hands and knees, moving through the detritus. You get the feeling that the guards toss a lot of crap down here. You find various um, rotten carcasses of, of things like chickens down there and bits of food, bits of rotten food still left on the bone. You put your hand in the occasional puddle as you make your way across what isn't really a big room in all regards. As you make your way towards the far corner, you see a pair of golden eyes staring out of the shadow at uh. you.
2: Just give a little wave. Like, looks like we're we'll we'll be here together for uh, for some time.
1: Yes. Well, it looks like we are. You hear a female voice say,
2: "Uh, my, my name is Balsia, I'm I'm a I'm a Dragonborn sorcerer. What's your name?"
1: You see her step out of the shadows for the first time. You now see that she is also a Dragonborn, rather tattily dressed. Looking slightly worse for wear, she says, Well, I don't know how to pronounce your surname, but my name is Una.
2: That's good Good to meet you, Una, but I switched to draconic.
1: If you're trying to impress her, she doesn't seem particularly impressed. <laughs> <laughs> you go know, speak in draconic. <laughs> it just sounds like bird song. <laughs> sounds like two furious robins going at it. Um, She looks at you. She says, why are you in here? I don't really remember, but I
2: I think I was using magic. I I was trying to escape, or at least send a bird out. I was trying to send a bird out to get some seeds, and they (laughs) didn't like that.
1: You hear her uh, giggling as she walks over to you, looks you up and down, sees the bumps and bruises, blood coming out of a gash on your temple, as she says, here, let me help you. She lays you down on a pallet of rags, goes and pulls part of her sleeve off, tears it off, puts it in a puddle of filth, and starts (laughs) dabbing in the temple.
2: I I give a little...
1: (laughs) (laughs) She looks at you, she's like, hold still, it'll hurt more if you struggle. This is
3: actually a (laughs) sex (laughs) scene.
2: I, of I, I, my own sense of self-preservation, I hold perfectly
1: still. As you plank, like, awkwardly still, <laughs> as uh, the sultry form of Una dabs at your temple, she tends to your wounds. And she looks at you and says, what did you even do to get this kind of beating?
2: I don't know. I, I, I think they just don't like Dragonborn.
1: Well, we are a misunderstood race, but seriously. Anyway... Listen, it's good to have friends here. I've been here for years. What, like in this mysterious dark cell? No, dipshit, I've not been in this oubliette for years. This is where you are sent when you commit transgressions. They put you here for a time till you hopefully learn from your mistakes. Oh, fantastic. Then they let you back out.
2: So I will get out again.
1: Oh yes, they'll sit there watching us from above. Occasionally they'll piss on you. They'll throw down some kind of food. They'll keep you here for a day, a night. It's hard to tell when... what time it is down here as there's no daylight. And then they'll hoik down a rope, let you climb out. Hope you'll have learned your lessons. Do it a couple of times, they might break a bone. That's bad. <laughs> I I hope I can get out soon. How long have you been down here? Been down near twenty four hours. I um, beat off an intruder. T- did you now? Yeah.
2: Who was this intruder?
1: I don't know. He offered me cash, so I beat him off.
2: I <laughs> hear, I hear a, I hear a, a, a drum, a, a rim shot somewhere. Rims.
1: She looks at you. She's like, "Yes, I do rim shots too." No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: What is this, pretty woman? I've not seen her, but I know.
1: Looking at you, she's like, no, I'm in this prison for manslaughter. I um, murdered my brother. Did he have it coming? He was dying. And I quickened his end. But um, the community of Dragonborn did not see it the same way that perhaps he did. He just wished for a quick end rather than a long, drawn-out, painful death. But... um, I was excommunicated from the Dragonborn community where I lived, not far from Port Zune and I've spent my days here. Given the opportunity, I'd probably do it again.
2: I, I, I wipe a tear from my eye and I say, I too have been cast out by my own, my own people for attempting to tell the, the future from a, a plate of camembert.
1: She looks at you, she's like, Tyromancy. I've That's always right. been interested in the mystical art of tyromancy Me too.
2: Wow! I've never met anyone so interested in tarotancy in
1: my in my life. You see her make a sudden movement as you flinch. You feel something warm in the palm of your hand, and you look down, and there is a, a loaf of fresh bread.
2: You gonna say it's a baby bell? <laughs>
1: <laughs> as she she puts a loaf of fresh bread into your hand, she's like. They threw this down earlier on. Would you like to break bread with me? Yes, very much so. As we pan away from you two currently becoming intimately involved over freshly baked goods, we're going to pan back to our two friends. Uh, with Aristobulus and Maud are currently standing awkwardly on the edge of the exercise yard. Maud has been watching... Hanash with great suspicion watching him drift from group to group and finally conversing with the sketchy looking motherfucker with a notebook uh, as Aristobulus has just desperately been trying to insert himself into any social group he can find without any kind of <laughs> um, success having been fought off by the slam poetry people uh, <laughs> not interested in no. his, his nimble flute work Did not win him any kind of entry there. Um, Unable to lift many heavyweights, he was not much use there. And um, he attempted to insert himself into the middle of a sexual liaison that was (laughs) happening in a shady corner, but that also did not end well. (laughs) As you wipe something sticky off his leg, he makes his way back over to you just in time. ...for the bell to sound as people are ushered back out of the parade... ...when I keep calling it the parade ground, it's like I'm in bloody cadets again... ...out of the exercise yard and you are escorted back to your cells... ...minus Belsia. As you make it back to your cells, the doors open, you're escorted back inside. I have lovingly prepared you a map of your cells... Maps, maps, maps. Maps, 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 maps. <laughs> Which listeners, I'd just like to say, listeners, the map is in 4K.
3: Is just it that?
1: Chris, tell people where they can get hold of this map.
3: Uh, I will uh, drop it on, on, on Insta, post haste, at, uh, at uh, adventurers underscore anonymous underscore podcast. Uh, it will also be available on Twitter at uh, at Anno one um, Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll I'll drop it on drop it on the socials as soon as as soon as possible. Probably with um, probably with some some form of funny quippy comment from me. Um, that's the that's the great value that you get from me.
1: That is the phenomenal value that you. Get There you go. There are your cells rendered lovingly in 4K. Follow along with us, as Chris said, on social media. You can download that. It's currently 4K. God knows what fucking format it will be in. By the time you get it, it will probably be scribbled on the back of a fag packet. As you can see, you have your cells. Cell 421, which has Tati and Maud in it. Cell 422, which has, at the moment, just Hanash. As you can see in cell 422, <laughs> it doesn't have a fucking mattress because Hanar yeah, stole like mattress. And cell 423, where the porcelain masked man shares sleeping and cohabitation with the Prince of Perversion, Aristobulus.
2: Did, did you just come up with
1: that? I did, yeah.
2: It's very good.
1: That's why I get paid the big monies.
2: That's going to be on his. Um, when you can buy the the miniature of Aristobulus, it's just going to say Dungeons and Dragons Prince of Perversion Aristobulus.
1: The Prince of Perversion, perversion Aristobulus. You can get a tiny little plastic model with a <laughs> finely rendered micro penis on it. That you will need a three hair brush to be able to paint <laughs> the genitals on the die-cast model of Aerosolbulus that will be available this Christmas, along with our slam poetry book, one in the stink, one in the stink.
3: <laughs> well, it depends how how well the slam poetry book goes and whether we can afford the training. It's a stretch call. It's a stretch call. It's,
1: it's not so much slam poetry as it is donkey punch poetry. <laughs> right. Donkey kick. Right, anyway. So, Good. Right, so as you can see from your map here, you've got your three cells. Uh, you can see the voids in the middle of the map. That is, uh, you can see the two sides of the walkway. That is a drop down the middle onto the floor below. Considerable drop of some 20 foot, 30 foot. Uh, and you can only just about make out on this map. The other side, which is obviously the mirror flip of where you are with other cells, etc., etc., etc. Based you two, or, you know, I'll let you autopilot more than Aristobulus be less to some degree, what would you like to do? Do
2: the beds move. I don't know. I, I'd like to try and make a, a double bed, <laughs> if
3: I could. You bastard.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: a, du- a double bed with only one mattress.
2: No, but I've got two you much. You've got too much. Oh, yeah, yeah. even out in like, my yeah.
3: leg room.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm a
2: big guy. You could do a finish style. <laughs> which, where they have... Two mattresses which is pretty cool. That's our, that's our finished factoid of the week. Oh like two thin ones on top of each other or two singles next to
1: each other? Yeah. Is it two singles on a double?
2: Two, two in in a finished bed, you have two singles next to each other, so you can have a different you can have a different firm firmness to your partner. And it's two two duvets, so you have your own duvet, so no one can take your duvet. I do like the two do things. We've had that a few times on holiday, and it is delightful. I tried bringing it back here. And-
1: <laughs> Wait a minute. So you're telling me, I'm very sorry to all our Finnish listeners, please get in contact. I would love to debate this. Nothing says romance like having a separate duvet. And what, isn't there a massive void between you? Don't you fall yeah, down? I mean, oh.
2: that's Yeah, that's one of the... Well, Finns don't like to be intimate. They don't like to be near each other, even if they're married. So it's nice to have that they, they like to have that gap in the middle. You
1: should probably just qualify your experience with the finish here before we start an international incident.
2: <laughs> I, I wonder if they argue about like which bed they want to make love on. Like I wanna make love on the firm bed. Soft <laughs> nice,
1: bed. Soft firm. I don't know, maybe you could do like an upstairs downstairs. Maybe like top. And the
3: naughty
1: stuff. <laughs> Take me on the flaccid mattress. <laughs>
3: Let us know your kinks and quirks in the bedroom. Which side of the bed do you like to have sex on? Let us know. Can
2: we put, can we put a poll on, that on the
1: social? <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. This,
2: this, this turned into a sex therapy podcast so, really so is. eventually. It really is. I so mean, it's better, look, like
3: it's it's, it's it's taken longer than I thought it would. <laughs> I thought eventually every podcast would turn into my dad wrote a porno.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, okay. Let's imagine you went on a date... Yeah, and it could be the second, third, fourth, fifth dates, listeners, we're not prudish. And then someone takes you back to their bedroom, right? If they had one of those beds that folds out of the wall, what are you saying? Wow. Could you be intimate with somebody on a bed that folds out of the wall?
3: As long as it's well enough reinforced. Hello! (laughs) Wait, wait,
2: what? From personal, from do you mean like from a structural point of view or from a personal
1: yeah well from, from them as long as they're reinforced how many <laughs> yeah this isn't a gangbang Chris because <laughs> <laughs> well, you see I've always been terrified that they're spring loaded and you'll just get caught in the wall oh
3: yeah <laughs> you terrified that it's spring loaded because you'll bounce too far off. I think it needs to be hydraulic
0: at that point. I don't
1: know. We're finishing Masters of Engineering. Now, now I'm just worried that, you know, you'll be trapped in a moment of intimacy in the wall cavity and then someone will find you covered in cobwebs like in six yeah. months later I
3: don't know that could, that could be a fun time six months later there's like a sofa bed that's like awkwardly propped up against the wall and they pull it down and there's just two skeletons that are like one still <laughs> inside the other yeah with someone's
1: head stuck in someone else's <laughs> pelvic cavity it's one, one
3: skeleton wearing the other
1: one as a hat yeah exactly yeah 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 oh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, these are the things I i, I know, it to be like oh yeah this podcast me.
2: It's like, I'm into it. And I'm,
1: what what well, anyway we've discovered that the Finnish like to have separate mattresses
2: yeah at least I think definitely separate duvets I don't know if but yeah every in in my experience with all the Finnish women I've slept with
1: <laughs> well this is really um and, and you know from your extensive sexual forays with the Finnish what kind of cog rating does does a Finnish lover like <laughs> I
2: don't know but Depends on season, really. Does it, yeah, does it change from the summer island to the cityscape? <laughs> <laughs> I can assume it does. No, I, I think my main question, like, do you guys have two duvet duvet covers in, in, in your bed? Uh, that's a personal question. I'd, I'd rather you. <laughs> no, we, we we just have because um, you can you can get like regular type like double double like covers and stuff because all our all our stuff we've brought home from Finland is like double size for like double for like normal UK double duvets and stuff but
1: yeah oh there you go did you have to declare it in customs when you brought your uh, double (laughs) double finish
2: yeah it's an an EU size so you have to oh okay declare that now (laughs) so yeah it's it's not allowed the crown on it it's just got the (laughs) C yeah yeah
1: phenomenal Right, well, there you go, listeners. You can't get that kind of material anywhere else. I mean, I challenge you to get a tight 10 minute foray into the sexual proclivities of a Finnish lover and Chris's worries about duvet quality. Right, there you go. Right, as we pick up in the cell, four, two, three, the pumped green half-orc, looking around, a little bit lonely now, I'm not going to lie, looking around, he sees the other bed, goes over, gives it a tug. I knew that would bring you back.
0: <laughs> I, I was just looking for,
2: like, Finnish podcasts, there's one called Mastering Finland... <laughs>
1: <laughs> can somebody reach out to Mastering Finland podcast and see whether they want to have a bit of a uh, crossover, crossover?
2: <laughs> There are so seven episodes so they're well established
1: right there we go right okay so you are tugging away at the empty bed frame uh make me a strength check sure fuck off
2: four a natural a natural.
1: Oh round. sorry, a natural one. <laughs> wow. Natural one. Um, yeah, so making your way over, you go you're a little bit sheepish. You're like you're like Ooh, double bed. As you wander over to the other one. Get it. You get get your fingers underneath the rib. Jesus Christ, why is everything in any window? <laughs> right. As you, you, you grip and you tug with all of your strength a bead of sweat running down your vice. You're like,
0: hurr, hurr,
1: get and you look down and you realize the beds are bracketed to the floor. You see the little brackets with the screws with bolts going into the floor.
2: Mm. Mm. I guess I'll just do some push-ups.
1: Turning back around to the bars, you hoist yourself up and start pumping furiously. Every so often, looking round, you see a grammy, who's just leaning up against the bars of his cell with his head tilted at a jaunty angle, watching you.
2: Do I do I see him
1: doing that, or am I too in the zone? I think you see him. Just like making the, the international, like,
2: hey there.
1: <coughs> signing, I, uh,
2: I flip him the bird, and I carry on.
1: As you slowly pump yourself up into <laughs> 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 with one arm, giving him the bird with the other. Uh, Tati, what are you doing in your cell with Maud? Um, I guess, uh,
3: first thing I want to do, question. Yes. The, um, the, like, prison... I assume we've all been given, like, prison uniforms, essentially.
1: Correct, yes. You were all wearing boringly grey work uniforms.
3: Do they have... Do they have long sleeves? Yes. Do they have... Um what sort of footwear have I got? Are they basically just like um
1: Uh the Port de Mali penal code states that all inmates must wear aerated rubber shoes. So you are currently wearing a pair of crocs. <laughs> cool. Um The practical.
3: Yeah, cool. So that's just a, a side question um, I guess um, I guess I'm going to uh, I guess I'm going to uh, uh, talk to Maud just um, yeah just how was um, how did uh, how did your, uh, your your first day go how was, how was the first day at school honey <laughs> <laughs> um, shit like that
1: she just looks at you she's like well it's good. it's good to see that you picked a fight with the gnomes
3: I mean yeah, I didn't it's to the point. I didn't I didn't mean to
1: I mean, he did mean to. You literally sat down with them.
3: I mean, put his finger in my porridge bowl.
1: Yeah, that's true. I wouldn't take that shit. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I felt better. Missing the bees. You missing? You missing uh, Barbara?
3: Yeah, every day, every minute. Um, but you know what? What? What can you do? You just you just keep going. New You just no, fuck new people. Um, you just keep going forward.
1: What's the plan then, big man? Are we uh, trying to try and break out? serve our time Um, study in law and fight our way out through the courts well
0: you
3: know find our stuff break out get Barbara get the bees that's that's the to-do list you know if 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 we can get if we can get jobs that, that help us you know get a bit more access in this place or get us access to some kind of improvised weaponry or anything like that that would probably help um, I'm going to I'm going to see about maybe a job in the kitchen um, or the commissary um, I might talk to um, to Dick Kippers about the other jobs that they have as well um, I, I you know maybe um, we could see about getting Belsiara a job in the library or something if they have one I doubt they have spell books there but worth what yeah
1: yeah I suppose that's true. I don't know. I'm not really designed for this kind of environment. I'm too beautiful. Yeah, me too. Anyway, <laughs> no look. I can't help feeling bad for Malefluence um, crack We said we'd go looking for our daughter.
3: Yeah, but I mean, to be fair, we're closer. We're closer now than we were before. We needed to go to Port Um we're closer to Port Zoom than we've been for a long time. And that's where that's where Barbara supposedly is, so we're
1: going. Do you know what? It almost sometimes feels like the narrative of life has just drawn us here. Like we try and go the wrong way, and life just keeps on pointing us back here.
3: You know what they say, Maud? Life finds a way.
1: It does. It must be said.
3: But <laughs> we are to use that.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Probably not.
3: Wait, 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 wait! Let me, let me, let me do another one just in case. You, you know what they say, Morge Sometimes events line up in the right order, and it seems like fate.
1: you Just can't go over the feeling that there's a higher power controlling this narrative.
3: All right, don't say higher power.
1: Well, it might be high.
3: Inflating, inflating yourself there, Mister DM.
1: Don't break the fourth wall. <laughs> We were having a genuine moment there gnome and then you had to fuck it up by breaking the fourth wall um as you two conspire for a while talking about things talking about how you're going to dig yourself out of this situation talking about how aristobulus just hasn't been the same since he lost his lover uh, you share many a happy story of Branagan the brown simig wondering what's become of them all and also worrying about mcbeanie who appears to have gone missing somewhere along the way. None of you have a fucking clue where he's gone. As you spend... Not you, Siri. Fuck off. I won't respond to that. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye, Siri. God damn you, Siri. Uh, As you guys spend a hot moment in your cells chatting, Hanash getting shredded slowly, chinning up. Every so often, Tati, you can hear the clink of metal on metal as Hanash's head spike twats against one of the metal bars. And we are gonna take a quick drinks break there before we head back to the action. righty. Who thought we would find ten minutes to chat about finish beds?
3: I know. So it's yes. It's cause we're it's, it's cause we're still used to last week's time where we had to be extra efficient. So true.
1: it's true. It's more true. efficiency
3: means means more time for being railroaded by these crazy discussions. <laughs> True. I have some news about finished duvets.
2: we Are still recording? That's good. Um another good thing another good thing about finished duvets, if you if you're too warm, you can stick your feet out on either side to cool off. Whereas on a regular type double duvet you can only stick out one foot.
1: So I've been informed by Maud, who is currently recovering from COVID. If anyone wonders where the fuck Maud is, she's currently slowly recovering from the dread covid uh she says that's not just finnish that's common european it's just the british who like to sleep in large beds how
3: odd you're now going to search podcast for european
1: problems uh,
2: <laughs> so i search some podcasts and there's one called very finnish problems which it's like you know some fight fun, fun things how finnish winter's trying to kill you
1: Maybe we can have a bit of crossover with a very finished podcast.
2: Like when someone else is in the lift. I assume
3: that's the intimacy thing. When someone's what? When someone else is in the lift with you. Driving for 14 hours and only seeing forest.
1: How <laughs> <laughs> can anyone ever read through our bloody episode list on their podcast? as like, igloos and innuendos? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, there you go. Matt, I'm going to leave that in your hands as the in-house Finnish aficionado... I think it should be you that makes first contact with the Finnish.
2: Can I get Yeah. Um, I wonder if you can get your Finnish Diplomat friend to hook us up.
1: Fuck me. I've got a Finnish Diplomatic friend.
2: The Honorary Consulate of Sheffield is my uh, my dear friend, Philip Rodrigo. Shout out shout out to Phil.
1: I can't tell whether this is an elaborate piece of improv or whether I've just insulted the Finnish consulate. <laughs> Who's, is this my, like when Tony Blair became a peace envoy to the Middle East. Yeah, but not... <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think Matt has
3: done anywhere near the kind of harm to Finland as as Tony Blair has done to the Middle
1: East. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. Look, look, let's be honest. One day I'm probably going to meet this Philip Rodriguez at a you know, wine and cheese party and I'm going to have to apologise for that remark. Well now you won't because we won't Ooh. invite you to the wine and cheese party.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah, fuck me.
2: I kinda wanna see that interaction. Alright. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. Phil, Philip Rodriguez, on behalf of the Blair family, I'd like to apologize for that.
2: I think you should double down on Tom Tony
1: if you ever meet him.
3: <laughs> Big TV.
1: Well, <laughs> oh, there we go. I'm gonna be sleeping alone on my half of the single two. <laughs> 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 Uh, Right, getting back into the action. Uh, Matt, definitely see if you can hook us up with a finished podcast. We'd be more than happy to pimp ourselves out for a podcast and collaborate with anybody. Anyway, get him back to the action. Uh, We are going to leave uh, Maud, Aristobulus, Hanash, and Tati, and we are going to pan back to the slightly damp, dark, dingy, love Oubliette, uh, where we find two giggling Dragonborn sharing stories.
2: Can I just clarify what time it is?
1: Mm. that's a good question. Time is fluid. We're going through a montage of a day, so if there's anything you particularly want to do across the course of the day, Honash, let me know.
2: Okay, I just didn't know if this was like... The siesta, and then we'd be going out later.
1: This, like, oh, oh, I, I see. I <laughs> it's <that> prison. Well, <laughs> it's not a holiday.
2: But well, I, 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 don't, I don't think I'd go in the yard for like eight hours. I'm like, well, that, that's my day off to bed. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, I know. Mean. There, there will be a disco
0: in the candle.
3: <laughs> 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 as long as it's panda pops is all cool. Can I, can I do one thing actually? If we if we're, if we're working on a to-do list system, of course um i want to see if and i'm only kind of testing it at this point i'm not like i'm not gonna go take it with me when we leave ourselves um i want to see if uh the dagger will fit comfortably like up my wrist like uh your ass. <laughs> no 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 uh, this is why i was asking about the, the prison uniform having sleeves
1: Oh, I see. See if
3: I could fit it in there. That's why I was asking if, if like, what footwear it was as well. Cause if it was like boots, I, I think I could like strap it down the back. Um, but I just want to, uh, I just want to see if it can be easily hidden where I can carry it around without it being in plain sight.
1: Yeah, you can work on that. So as we pan away to the Dragonborn, you can be investigating ways of securing a deadly weapon to your. Being without being detected. Uh, Hanash, was there anything you wanted to be doing in particular?
2: Uh, nah, nah. No. Nope. Hanash is
1: just getting shredded, just relentlessly pumping. There's a river of green sweat coming off him. Right. Uh, yeah. Pen him back to the Dragonborns. You are having an intimate moment with Una as you both make yourselves vulnerable and share. I'm just finishing up a story where I'm, I'm like. And then my dad
2: said it uh, was off to the uh, off to the the Wizarding boarding school for me.
1: Oh, that's heartbreaking.
2: Yeah, I don't think he ever truly cared. But I'm also kind of counting on him to get me out of here. If if I mean he's got a lot of money, so I assume he can just send a lawyer get you know, this all straightened out. I'm done with event- adventuring. It's not really got me anywhere.
1: When did you last speak to your father?
2: It was probably about two years ago, before all of this happened, and by all this, I mean this this adventuring journey I've been on recently. We didn't speak much. I I was was home in uh, wherever Dragonborn are from, um, Draconia. Draconia, yes. I'm sorry that all this this time in the darkness has has, has stymied my my head, and. Uh, yeah, I said I was back from, I'd, uh, I, I was I was back from from school. I'd been working as a children's party entertainer for.
1: You hear her give a little giggle. She's like, I can't imagine you as a children's party entertainer.
2: Well, d- well, I'm um, a damn good one. Bar mitzvahs, w- weddings, children's weddings. You
1: know, particular niche thing.
2: <laughs> I, I don't judge other cultures if.
1: So to be fair, the
3: amount, like, like, kids that are at nursery and the ones that, like, one day are like, oh, this this kid's my boyfriend now. Yeah. And then the next day they're like, we're not boyfriend and girlfriend anymore. Like, it's quicker than, like, even when you get to school. So, like, for parents that could afford to hold these kind of sham ceremonies, <laughs> you could be on a real fucking moneymaker there.
1: Sham ceremonies. <laughs>
3: the child <laughs> divorce Yeah. that's where you need a bit of magic in your life yeah, you know they're
1: not smart enough to get free up to their fucking kids uh, you keep sharing stories she looks over at you and you realise you two are of an accord you're um, really starting to feel a connection with her she says sounds like your dad's a real piece of work he's
2: stuck in his ways
1: I think he's proud of you
2: Oh no, no, no! He's only part of his his reputation as uh, as the the head of of Clan Miashtuiaq.
1: How are we spelling that?
2: Uh, in Draconic, yes, it's it's a Draconic M, a Draconic Y, uh, the Draconic ligature I A, uh, and then I I, I I draw the rest out in a in a in a patch of mud on the <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> At least
1: I hope it's mud. She looks at you for a while and she says, "Tell me about the magic."
2: Oh, the ma- the magic, the 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 children's party magic or the real magic.
1: The real magic.
2: Oh, the real magic. Well, as a as a as a sorcerer, uh, I have a uh, bizarre and uncomfortable bond to the to the to the world of of, of fire magic and draconic energies, um, which just explodes out. Sets things on fire, turns the things you love into ice. Uh, but sometimes, sometimes, oh, my my friend Hanash—I wonder where he is now. But but sometimes, in a in a pinch, it can it can get you out of uh, harm's way. Are you yourself uh, magically attuned? I was. I
1: lost my powers.
2: Oh, I'm not used to being sympathetic. So it's it's really like oh. That sucks. How did that happen?
1: Come here and I'll show you. And she goes to give you a hug.
0: Aww.
2: A a single tear rolls down my scaly cheek as I I hug her.
1: As you feel the warmth of her body pressed up against yours, you feel sharp pain in your side. As you look down, there's a piece of sharpened bone sticking out of your side as she stabbed you. Oh, son of a bitch. In the rib. As uh, you take two points of damage, as you look down at the blood flowing over her hand, she looks up at you and says, "So I wasn't entirely true about everything, but I will be needing your magical powers right now." As you feel a coldness drain out of you, as she you see energy coursing out no. of you, as she no. attempts to swallow your magic. We had a connection in a way that he wanted it to happen. <laughs> 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 uh, she looks at it's... you and says, "I really am sorry, but I am going to have to kill you now. As uh, I need you to roll me an initiative check.
2: This is this is like this is actually heartbreaking. Uh, Eleven. Oh, hang on. Uh, Twelve.
1: If there was any consolation. She got ten. She looks a little bit sad, like she intended all along to drain you of your energy, not in that way." <laughs> Your dragonborn seed. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's a fucking innuendo. She intended all along to leech you of your magical abilities. She was not expecting to feel a connection with you, and you exploit that moment of regret and weakness to have the first action. What are you going to do? Uh,
2: have I still got my magic?
1: Anything that doesn't require uh, anything that doesn't require an actual item to cast
2: material component. Okay. I prefer of nothing other... Is there any bat
1: guano? <laughs> 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 bleeding out of a hole in your side, John.
0: <laughs> it just...
2: It just occurred to me, actually, that there might be bats in here. Never mind. Um, yeah. I... I'm shocked, and I'm so sad that I just... I mean, almost by on autopilot, uh, I rustle up for the old ice knife. <gasps> third level Ice Knife. Can you roll that at disadvantage, please? Okay, so... It's so a plus five to hit, so... That's a... 18 and a... Ooh, uh Three plus five, that's eight. Yeah, so eight. to here, hit. As
1: you, as you go to enchant the incantation to deliver the Ice Knife, like a broken light bulbs spluttering the energy just won't come to your fingertips as you look over her, as she says did you really think it would be that simple yes uh, as she then turns back to you kneeing you firmly between your legs she, oh that's low uh, gets six points as seemingly unable to do you too much damage flinching backwards you feel her knee go into your thigh and not your testicles. <laughs> <laughs> as you, as you dance backwards.
2: Oh, I've still got breath weapon. High breath weapon. <laughs> uh, that's a dexterity thirteen. Yeah, she's got to make a dexterity thirteen saving throw.
1: Sure, uh, dexterity thirteen saving throw. She gets twenty one. As you open your mouth. Your breath weapon firing forth. She throws herself to the ground, narrowly missing, getting incinerated as the bright arc of flames ignites the air in the oubliette. And for a moment, everything's lit up, and you saw you see all the detritus on the floor. As you look down and see her, poised like a feral cat on the floor, ready to pounce.
2: She, talks, she still takes half 2d6 damage.
1: Okay, make me the roll.
2: So... So six plus five. Ooh, lucky me! So that's eleven. Half eleven. Five. Does it run down or up?
1: Uh, down.
2: Okay. Yes, yeah, so that's five.
1: Okay. With her turn, she runs back into you, slightly on fire. You see the hair on the side of her head on fire as she slams into the side of you and goes once more to drive the boned dagger into the side of you she rolls um, she rolls a 20 oh that hits as you feel a sharp jabbing pain again looking down you feel as the bone dagger slams into a rib a jolt of pain coursing up your body as the you feel the um, knife go into one of your lungs you take 6 points of damage Oof. As you feel warm, wet fluid dripping down the side of your body, you look down and you see a puddle of your own bodily fluids collecting around your ankles. Can I try to disarm her? Or get the
2: get the the bone knife off her? Is that a roll of some kind?
1: Uh, you can make an opposed strength check to try and wrestle the knife off her if you wish.
2: Okay, so, so that's a d20 plus my strength. Yeah. What if I...
1: Eleven. Six. Yes. As you wrestle the knife out of her control, you're both scrabbling on the floor, claws and teeth snapping at each other as you slam her hand, holding the knife onto the stone floor. You feel it fall out of her grip as you roll off her, roll for it, pull, coming back up, holding the dagger, ending your turn. As uh, she is now furious, you hear her screaming, as she turns into a feral mess. Still, you feel the cold, the warmth leached out of you as she's attempting to suck the very magic out of you as she attempts to slam you bodily into the wall. However, slightly put off, she completely fails and you grapple with her and throw her back to the ground again. She got an eight.
2: Can I shout out?
1: Help, help. I'm prison shift. <laughs> You see a pair of eyes look down from above as a man's eye... from where I'm standing. You're holding the shiv.
2: I I realize it might, and then I and then I decide to abandon this particular this particular approach. Um, I'll I'll just you know, hell hell have no theory, fury like a dragonborn scorned. I'll just go her full full pelt full full pelt with the uh, the bone knife. Yeah,
3: the old bone knife. <laughs>
2: You know, let me add a. I assume that's just like a knife of some kind. If I add that to my inventory. Small
3: knife. I think the staff will probably be the same as a regular dagger.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. A knife is a utility. Um.
1: Uh, this is a wicked sharp dagger. By the way, it does two D four rather than the standard D four.
3: That's fucking mental.
1: Uh, It has been whittled from a thigh bone of somebody until it has a razor-sharp point on it.
3: Everyone knows that's the sharpest of the human bones.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) From a phalange.
3: You're telling me this woman has no phalange?
1: (laughs) Come on,
2: then. Uh, Right, so that's a... Ooh, natural 20, plus 4
1: hit Jesus Christ as you see her prone on the ground diving on top of her burying the knife end over end repeatedly into her Uh, okay so that's 2D for you say so that's 3 6 so that's 9 plus 1 so that's 10 double that's 20 Twenty, as you see her, you repeatedly slam the blade again and again and again and again and again into her. As you see blood splattering off her, washing up onto your face, until you see something give, and you realize you snapped off the end of the blade inside her. As you see blood bubbling up over the top of her mouth, as she's like, "Why? This was going so well. Why?" And I, I, I tend
2: kind to of back away, like. What the hell have I done?
1: As you go to back away, she grabs onto you and goes to bite your ear off using her using her teeth, which is about the only weapon she's still got. Getting a natural 20, you feel the flesh tear in the lobe of your ear as she takes a full mouthful out of you, doing four points of damage as you are now like Evander Holyfield, missing... <laughs> a small hole at the end of your ear. Can I
2: make an appeal to let's not kill each other down here?
1: She looks to be bleeding out quite rapidly. She is clearly not in a good way. Uh... Blood is bubbling up as she spits out the piece of ear. Onto the ground you just see blood just bubbling, gushing like geysers out of her. The warm, hot, sticky blood almost with a steam rising off it.
2: Finish me. Weeping, I just beat her to
1: a puff.
0: <laughs>
1: wow! make me an unarmed attack make me or oh, however you wish to do it. Uh, okay that's a,
2: a, a three plus four so that's a seven to hit
1: seven to hit <laughs> and she slowly now, you go to take her head and you go to smash her off the cobblestones as you just very gently pat her she's like trying to kill me and kill me you son of a bitch <laughs>
2: We don't. I don't have to kill you. Whatever evil you've done, you don't have to be this way. We can fight the systems that put us down here.
1: Heal me, then. I'm Not that kind of <laughs> magician. <medicine. laughs> She's coughing up blood. She's like, <coughs> "What kind of shit wizard are you?"
2: I can do. I can do medicine. I've got.
1: Do got, some fucking medicine, then.
2: I can. I'll, I can roll for medicine. <laughs> I've got a plus three. I've got. A, I've rolled you an eight for medicine.
1: And <laughs> <laughs> you just scrabble around on the floor, taking rags and bones and just sticking them in holes. <laughs> if she
0: survives,
3: she's going to get infected. Just <laughs> human detritus seeping into the cut. This is on back, backwamo.
1: <laughs> you make a poultice out of uh, chicken grease and puddle water. <laughs> and rub it into her <laughs> wounds. As the <laughs> bleeding abates, you lift her up and put her onto the pallet of rags as you just scuttle off into the other corner and just prop your head against the wall and try and rest. There's a voice from above says, Everything alright down there?
2: My ear hurts and the, the other dragon board down here has gone crazy. I think she needs help.
1: Oh, right. Yeah, I mean, she, she, she is in here for uh, murdering her cellmate. But I'm her cellmate.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, well then. Okay, like, like Squid Game, we just we just sit on opposite sides of the...
1: Of the <laughs> you yeah, just, sides.
2: just waiting for who's going to make the next move.
1: <laughs> you see she's lacking a lot of energy. You stare at each other for a while, psyching each other out. After a bit, you realise you're missing something as you scrabble around on the floor and find your bit of ear and just put it in a pocket and go back to resting against the wall. Right, leaving our two star-crossed lovers in their oubliette, we're going to pan back to Hanash and Tati, Belsiar and and, um, Aristob... No. Tati and Hanash, Maud and Aristobulus. What would you like to do? As it is now... Evening. You spent a full day not really doing very much. Hanash getting pumped, looking around, trying to work out different ways of uh moving the bed. Hanash, you've checked every brick and every piece of mortar to try and find a weakness without much avail. Uh, Tatty, you've whiled away many a happy hour talking to Maud. As the lights go out.
3: I would like to see as well. Um I might do this in my downtime during the day or I might wear, depending on like what the traffic is like, of guards outside. I'd like to investigate the uh, the lock on the door to see if it's something I might be able to pry open in a pinch using the dagger.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: you look at the lock on the door, it doesn't really... The mechanism is on the other side, so there's no keyhole on your side. Ah, uh. Uh, it's Uh obviously they're not total idiots but it looks like it takes a fairly uh, unique key best have you seen when you've seen the jailer he has a large loop of keys so there isn't a skeleton key for all of the uh, cells mm-hmm. you have however found a way to fashion the dagger um, you found a way to fashion it on your upper forearm using a piece of um, cord ripped off from your prison uniform, you found a way to hide it up your sleeve.
3: Mm. Did that take a a fair amount of, like, preparation?
1: Just trying to find a way that looked natural so that you could carry it around without it being obvious in a way that you could perhaps do without getting patted down and discovered. You don't know how much scrutiny it'll hold up to, but you've given it a whirl anyway. Okay,
2: yeah, that's cool. Uh, can I uh, shout for the medic, please? I'd like to. Now it's a bit quieter. Like with like less. I assume there's gonna be less guards since everyone's asleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, like a lower shift. I kind of want to like look at everywhere and investigate, like the corridors on the way to the medics, and try and get a bit more of like a lay of the land. See if I can like s- like kind of see on those like of stuff. Well, I know it's everyone's stuff, <laughs> but I want to find with the so if I could do that, I'm like, medic, medic! I've got my, this thing in my head, in the water, so I, I need to get out of there. <laughs> okay,
1: so as you, um, as the evening starts settling in, you the boredom, after you've done 450 chin-ups uh, and 10,000 sit-ups, you start getting bored having checked the contour of every brick in the wall you suddenly realise that your only ticket to freedom might be the medic. Uh, as you raise at the top of your voice uh, the shout of medic, 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 uh, slowly you see um, you see one of the guards um, sidle up to you. He's he's an older looking man. He's grizzled. It looks like he has done this for a career most of his life and is incredibly cynical.
2: I say, hello, sir. Yes. Uh, The warden uh, asked me to um, see the the medic to try and get this weapon out of my head.
1: And you waited till the evening to tell me that.
2: I've not completed orientation yet, (laughs) so I don't know when the appropriate time was.
1: Yeah, you and your pal who's down in the ublier, hasn't completed orientation either. Sounds like he's having a good time down there. Right. Come on, then.
2: They need to read... They need to take another look at their induction procedures.
1: <laughs> 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 As we pan back to the dragonborn, who's currently bleeding out of his ear hole, several wounds down his side, currently thinking about the admin in the prison. Panning back to Hanash, the uh, warden says, Step away from the door. So, I, uh,
2: yeah, I do what he says. step back,
1: he takes a loop of keys off his belt and unhooks the door uh, swinging open. He ushers you out, pulling out uh, his truncheon. He's like, First sign of anything stupid, I'm going to bat on the living shit out of you green ass." With me. Of course, sir. Thank you, sir. As you make make your way out into the corridor, you walk past all of the trappings that you see in front of your cell, you notice a, if you look on the map, a giant pile of detritus. There's like a whole bunch of shit on the floor, various assortments of broken wooden crates, filth, basically everything that's been cleared out of various cells has just been left in a big pile outside your corridor. Yes. Yes.
3: Um as they walk past yes. um does does the does the jailer walk past the door close enough where I could uh, potentially steal something from him.
1: A... You can say any try. Yeah,
3: I'm gonna do it. I don't give a shit. I'm doing it. Um what would you like me to roll?
1: Sleight of hand.
3: This is gonna go so badly.
1: Fifteen? Fifteen. As he walks past your tiny little hand, shooting out to go and grasp onto the keys, he feels the weight on himself as he pulls away, slamming you against the bars, your arm pulled taut between the bars, your face pressed up to the gap between two things. He lifts the truncheon and puts it under your chin and says, you really think you're the first person who's tried to steal the keys of me?
3: I wasn't going for the keys, sir. I I just want a little bit of food.
1: Oh. I'll give you some food as he fucking punches you full in the face, sending you flying backwards into your cell, dizzy. Uh, as you take four points of damage, and you feel a mouthful of blood as you land on your ass in the cell without the keys. As the guard looks around at you, Hanash is literally like, "And that's what you get for fucking about." Now, are you coming or what? Yeah, I'm not hungry. How come? As you look over, you see behind you, there's actually a body in the corridor. There's a body with a sheet pulled over it just in the aisle. As you make your way down the aisle, past the various cells. At the corner of your eye, you can see a Grammy who's still like up at the bars watching you go. As you're ushered through various corridors to... The uh, medic's office.
2: Do I know any, any like rooms of interest from the corridors on my way to the medic's?
1: Make me a perception check. 17. 17, yeah. You look around, uh, you see the janitor with a mop and bucket who has clearly some sort of janitor's office uh he's got like a little broom cupboard as if you will where you see him huffing away on a cigarette um uh, you will see yeah in there are various mops cleaning things soaps etc you walk past another door is open you see a bunch of um, you see a bunch of guards uh playing poker around a table drinking uh so you've seen the wardens Uh, mess if you will as you make your way to the medical um, the medic's office you're told to take a seat as you wait outside the door it's one of those wicked frosted glass doors with the letters uh, Dr Clifford Waxley uh, (laughs) written on the outside of the door you can make through it's just frosted glass and you can see various shapes through it You can hear a rubber glove being applied as a voice says, One moment, I will be with you shortly. Now hold still, as you hear a little whimper (laughs) and a wet popping noise coming (laughs) from the other side of the door. (laughs) Clifford Wexley says, Doesn't matter how deep you hide it up there, we will always find it. (laughs) Now go back to your cell. As you see the door open, Uh, you just see one of the little tattooed gnomes waddle out he's walking with a limp (laughs) as he nods at you as he walks past as you look into the door you look round you just see Clifford Wexley wearing a blue rubber glove with two brown fingers (laughs) as he's slowly peeling the rubber glove off Ah,
2: that's a detail I didn't need
3: the, whole, the walls of the room
2: are just covered in shit
3: <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, on Jackson Pollock he did, really didn't understand how you do a butt example Clifford
1: Waxley is just covered in shit and the wall behind him there's just the outline
3: stencil. <laughs> <so.
0: laughs>
3: just... the guy's been eating all his hot
0: porridge
3: <laughs> good old prison oats <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, seven years in penal medical school was well worth it.
3: Penal medical school?
2: (laughs) Seven years penal, two years anal. (laughs) Seven years, good
1: time. (laughs) As uh, he slowly peels off the blue rubber glove, scrunches it into a ball and drops it into a bin, Uh, he walks over to you. Please take a seat.
2: Sure, i like scurry over and take a Sure thing,
1: Doc. He sits opposite his desk. He looks at you. He, he moves the spectacles onto the end of his nose as he says, You're new here, so let me just tell you right now, I don't keep any drugs in here. There are no sharp objects, and the guard is outside the door. So, with that in mind, how can I help
2: you? I got this thing in my head. I got told I can't have a thing in my head, but I'd like to not go brain dead. So, if we can work with those parameters. Maybe, like, have a consultation, you know? See how it goes from there.
1: Have you had your medical yet? Yes. <laughs> Put the gloves
2: down. Like the lowest stakes lie ever. Put the gloves down, sir.
1: He, he looks at you, he's like, I find that highly unlikely as I do the medical for every prisoner in here, and I think I would remember the man with the metal spike sticking out of his head. But I tell you what, let's cut the shit get back to the point in hand and if I do your medical now that counts towards part of your induction towards this prison with a good induction and good behaviour you may find yourself with the ability to work in places like the commissary or the canteen which will allow you access to better supplies better portions of food
2: you said they are the uh, the best jobs yeah or is there any other jobs that might be might be fun times
1: cleaning prison radio oh my god that sounds great.
2: <laughs> prison know. radio. I don't have a face with TV, so prison radio sounds. <laughs> he's work in
1: the garden. There's an allotment with vegetables. Ooh.
2: I so say, I ask uh, if he's got like a, a nursing staff or anything.
1: No. Unfortunately, we are woefully underfunded. We've had nurses from time to time. One of them was murdered by one of the fucking inmates. Bit her nose clean off her face. Laughed the whole time whilst doing it. Since then, no, just me. I've got, got a bit of a medical background if you could use any help. Well, let's get through your medical and then we will see. Right. I can give you one as a test if you want. He <laughs> looks at you, cocking an eyebrow for a moment, and is like, Yes, look, how about we just cut the shit and get through this medical? It won't take long, it's a short process. Right. Name.
2: <laughs> hey, H. Dizzle.
1: Hey. H. Dizzle, looking over at the number on your jersey. He's like, okay, Prisoner 4472, by my estimation, you are Hanash Smith. Or H. Dizzle to your little gnome friend, no doubt. Right. If you would be so good as to pop your clothes on the stool over there.
2: Sure, I gave like a, a tease, is that right? <laughs>
1: less of the sizzle more of the sausage That's just <laughs> the point. it's
2: not about the end of destination it's about the journey pal he, uh,
1: he measures <laughs> he measures you he weighs you as uh, he gets out a stethoscope and listens to your heart for a while notes some stuff down on a clipboard takes your blood pressure uh, notes that down for a bit uh, makes some notes takes out a wooden spatula puts it on your tongue pushes down and says could you cough for me
2: cough nose
1: <laughs> <laughs> no special effects were spared <laughs> cough into it he holds you a conical flask and says would you mind uh, urinating into this please
2: you're like right here or should I go Absolutely, somewhere I don't
1: mind I can turn my back if it makes any difference to you right
2: it's fine I do
1: but I
0: make the point for my comments <laughs>
1: piss all over the floor piss just all over the floor down the side of the conical <laughs> you piss right to the top of the conical flask so that it's pretty much like overflowing <laughs> as he's like yeah it's marvellous how can <laughs> we um establish that um As he looks at it, it's like the brightest piss you've ever seen. (laughs) It's almost iridescent (laughs) urine. As he holds it to his face, and you can see the warm glow of it against his face, something tells me that you may not be well. Okay. As he puts the piss to one side, some of it slops over the edge. As he looks down, he's currently standing in your piss. He feels your abdomen, and he feels the lump from the warp stone he's like does this lump bring you any kind of discomfort
2: uh, not really discomfort a chaos god sometimes bids me to do his bidding <laughs> he spoke to me like once I think and, and told me like I get jacked if chaos reigned so I rain chaos and I'm pretty small okay <laughs>
1: would you be willing to talk to a counsellor
2: <laughs> I would yes I um, yeah, that'd
1: be great. Okay, I will refer you for a course of counselling. We might also get you in for a scan on that lump. Spins you around. I also see that you have grown a prehensile tail. Yeah,
2: to be honest, I don't even
0: remember what, but...
1: He's <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, okay, <laughs> yes. Not a problem. Okay. Nearly done. One last thing. We just need to check for lumps as you feel a cold, rubber-gloved hand checking your testicles. Woo! As he's like, <laughs> testicular cancer is the number one cause of death in orcs, directly after beheading.
0: <laughs>
1: as he feels around, he's feeling for lumps, but he realises that a fighter like you, your nutsack is basically like a sock full of pebbles. It's more <laughs> lumps and less testicles, as he's like, he's like...
3: <laughs> you just fight a lot of gnomes
1: at half
0: length. <laughs> <laughs> Straight <laughs> for the
1: Any soreness in your testicles?
2: I feel great right now, buddy.
1: Okay. Okay, good.
2: I need to like be like, I can't not mock. And I'm, like, I I mean, I want wanted to be his nursing assistant. i pissed <laughs> on him. I've hit on It's not great. Okay,
1: you can put your clothes back on now. Let's talk about this spike in your head.
2: I uh, put my top on and I'll, I'll leave it at that for now. What <laughs> oh <my laughs> <God>, you see? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on when you're wearing it. <laughs> uh, so then I kind of tilt my like, spike towards it. That's
1: the thing. Uh, he looks at it for a while and he's very kind of like academic about it. He's not, you know, he is checking it, he's he's measuring it, he's doing all these things. So he's like, tell me, how did this happen?
2: I tried to I have to open a door with a shotgun. It hit me.
1: You'd be surprised how many times I hear that story. Okay. (laughs) Right. He gives it a tug. And by he gives it a tug, I mean, I'm talking about the spike on your head. You're not getting knocked (laughs) off by a doctor. As he gives it a yank, sees that it's fairly firmly fused into your skull, looks at it for a while says hmm, I see the point we can't really have a man walking around with a fucking weapon sticking out of his head apologies for swearing that was very unprofessional of me <laughs> um, what I will say for now is that we should probably disarm your weapon as he puts a rubber ball on the end of it <laughs> <you> have, like <laughs> neutralize the spike on the end of it
0: looks <laughs> it like a fucking Christmas tree
1: as you've got a little rubber ball on the end of your spike, like look for the time being, let's neutralise your weapon.
2: I, uh, I, I ask if uh, if it comes to any other cause.
1: He looks at you for a while. Listen, H Dizzle, I'm not going to lie; I quite like you.
3: This doctor is the fucking coolest. That's what I'm. I just realised.
1: He opens a draw. He's got various drawers. He goes to the second drawer down. He's because he got a drawer of rubber balls. What colour would you like? I've got purple, green, yellow, or red. I like red. Can I have a red one? And can I have a purple one for my ding dong? <laughs> he puts a red one on you. He looks around for a while, pulls out a purple one, and is literally like, really
3: brings out the veins.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh.
1: He uh, tosses over uh, a purple ball. <laughs>
2: I was like, don't worry, I'll do it myself.
1: <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I wasn't offering. I wasn't offering. He. He walks <laughs> over to you. He I'm suddenly dying. shakes your hand and says, listen, I've not had a nurse here in many years, but look, pass your probation, get through your initiation. I'd be willing to interview you as a nurse.
2: Oh, yeah, I, uh, I, I go to shake his hand, but like. Quite like slow. I don't want it to look like I'm attacking. Like, thanks for everything.
1: I'll speak to him. So all right. You take care of yourself. As you walk off, he nods. As you look back, he looks down and realizes he's still standing in a puddle of your piss. As you make your way back to the cell with the guard, you hear. You get almost back to your wing as you hear a noise off to one side and you see there's a fight going on you can hear the screams and thuds and kicks as a little figure is getting beaten as uh, you and the guard stop in your tracks as you look over you see the prone form of Caleb Stuckley the diminutive little man with the notebook who's currently getting pounded on by a bunch of inmates they're kicking the shit out of him as you see him curled up into a little ball on the floor as blows rain down on him Uh, you just see his little pencil snapped in half he screams as the punches and and things rain down and that is where we're going to leave this week's Uh, episode god I enjoy that it's aj again thanks so much for joining us this week we really appreciate you tuning in for another dollop of fun-packed fantasy fuck nuggetry. now assuming you've made it this far why not hit that subscribe button and never miss another episode again better yet give us a five star review on whatever podcasting platform you are on and help spread the word of our misadventures far and wide look now i know i say this every week but you the listeners really are the reason we keep doing this that and the fact it contributes towards my court-appointed community service. Turns out, running a colonic irrigation clinic during a hosepipe ban is a bad idea. What I'm trying to say is that all of your kind words and reviews mean the world to us and keep us inspired to make more content just like this. As ever, for all the latest news and updates, we can be found on the socials. We're on Twitter at adventurers number one We're also on Facebook, Instagram, and we can be found at adventurers-anonymous.com. So, that just leaves time to say a huge goodbye from Chris, Chris, Lewis, Matt, Chanel, and myself. We'll see you all next week. Happy adventuring, my friends. And remember, stay tipsy.